0: G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 26 of the Outback Mine podcast. John Sudoltz is the gentleman that I have on today. Many are within the farming communities of the Wimrow Mallee, uh, regional Victoria areas would know John. He's uh uh, a long-standing farmer and upstanding member of the community uh, in the Rupanyup area. Now, John uh, was a uh, primarily well-known as a footballer for South Melbourne years ago, uh, back in the day, uh, now the Sydney Swans. And John bravely came out a few years ago to uh, express that he'd been battling with depression uh, and he's since become a Beyond Blue ambassador and really been... Uh, Proactive in uh, in creating um, awareness for men's health and and depression within the farming communities uh, throughout Australia. Um, you know, it took a lot of courage and, and guts for John to be able to come forward and, and say how he's feeling. But um, he was he was lost and lonely, and uh, and a lot of the con- connections and contacts that he once had basically disappeared. So he sort of found found himself in a in a in a lonely space and a, you know a, a real a real um uh I suppose strange strange area uh you know as guys particularly uh, from that era you know we didn't really know what depression was and uh, through uh through John and other people uh you know coming out and talking about their feelings and emotions it's now you know mainstream to be able to talk about this sort of stuff so I was really uh really uh, happy that John um sort of said to me he was keen to come along and have a chat about this and uh, being from the women myself and just up the road in Horsham at Matoa uh you know I uh I've got a a deep connection with the region, and also I want to you know try and do what I can to help out, to help guys to become more self aware in that particular location. We're going to have a really good chat, John and I, about uh, uh, his experience and journey, and also you know what's going on in modern society now, and how we can all move forward and make changes. So, hope you enjoy our conversation. And also I wanted to make special mention uh, to our our supporting partner green nutritionals um yeah look as as i've mentioned just in the previous podcast really really happy to have them on board because i know their products support um our physical mental health really well particularly if we're lacking the greens in our diet so really encourage you to jump on their website greennutritionals.com.au and check out what they do you know all this organic produce that's uh that's bought from all around the world and it's it's first class that's the reason i was so keen to get them on board because uh, I know, um, yeah, they're the real deal and uh, they don't uh, supply rat, uh, crap and there's lots of providers out there that do So yeah, really want to support them and uh, support the well-being that they do out there in the community. So if you could uh, help them by, uh, or help us by helping them uh, with their products, just yeah, jump on their website, check them out. They do wonderful things. So appreciate that. Thank you guys and uh, welcoming John onto the podcast in a moment john Sudolts, welcome to the outback mine podcast
1: how you going there aaron
0: good mate uh really yeah, uh, really appreciate you giving me a bell mate and it's so good to hear uh, your voice and and uh, the uh, accent from the wimra because <laughs> i'm sort of <laughs> yeah a, i'm a long way away and uh yeah it's good to hear that farming uh farming accent mate so i really appreciate you uh yeah, making some time to have a yak to me here, and I'm sure there's lots of people in the Wimmera Mallee and, and throughout regional Australia which will, um, you know, tune into this and get lots of value from our chat, so it's awesome, mate. Right, well, that, yeah,
1: that's good. Now, uh, it's a good area to live, the uh, old Wimmera, you know? Well, the best uh, the
0: best sunrises, I reckon, anywhere in the world. A lot of people reckon over the ocean's better, but I reckon uh, out there looking over a paddock is pretty good, and when you see it going down over a paddock, it's uh, even better,
1: so well that's true at least we've got
0: a bit of space out here you know that's it mate and uh look we're gonna have a, a really good yak about about that area and what's going on and what's going on over the years but you know mate uh this this podcast is all about getting uh information out there to guys throughout regional communities whether they be on farms or not uh just to talk about you know men's stuff and about uh, men's health and well-being and sort of what we go through in life and. Um, You know, I know I know yourself you've had such an amazing journey, you know with um, Being such a good sports, but then sort of coming out the other end of it back on the farm and you know Sort of going through all the the peaks and troughs of that, mate But know, what I want you to do is just give us a bit of a background of your your upbringing I know you were brought up in in sort of that rough area and Sort of give us a bit of a background on that and sort of where life took you, mate That'd be really appreciated
1: Right, yeah, well, yeah, well look uh... I was uh, uh, raised on the uh, uh, family farm that um, my grandfather selected uh, many many years ago, and uh, and uh, anyway, went to school in the district. And then uh, after I left school, I uh, everybody in the country areas, you know, always have some connection with sport. And anyway. Uh, I happen to have a bit of natural ability when it come to uh, AFL footy, and anyway, uh, as time went went on, I got the got the opportunity to go to Melbourne to play elite uh, football, and uh, and met a lot of terrific friends down there, and it gave me a opportunity to learn how uh, city people or the other half, as I call them, live, <laughs> and. Uh, it was certainly different to me coming from a from a family from a home family farm, uh, where I was the only child, and I went to Melbourne and lived in a hostel with 13 other fellows, me same age, all Jesus. from about the age of 18 to uh, 23. Well, that was a learning curve, I can tell you. What I I can tell you. No doubt. Uh, and and uh, anyway, I was lucky enough to uh, uh, to play. Uh, um, um, senior footy down in Melbourne uh, which was the VFL in those days and uh, and uh, then uh, after five years um, back in those days there was no money in AFL or VFL footy where I was by not being home on the farm I was actually losing money or the family farm was losing money and uh, so eventually I had to give it away and go and because I always was going to be a farmer so I come back to the country and continued my sporting career there until such time as I uh, uh, oh, I got a bit old I guess and I, uh, and I had a few injuries so I gave the job away and uh, and then uh, didn't do much at all after that for a little while. And then I coached juniors. And uh, and then when I got to about 40, uh, there was a bit of a crisis in my life. I wasn't happy with what was happening. Uh, and My father had passed away at that stage. And I had an elderly mother who was um, um, suffering a few uh, uh uh, problems owing to old age, uh, dementia, and uh, so forth, and uh, and uh, then all of a sudden the uh, world seemed to become very um, hard uh, to uh, to live in, and uh, I struggled like hell with uh, a lot of emotional issues, and uh, I uh, try, I did go and get some help, and and uh, anyway, but then eventually I. Uh, it got the better of me and I had these um, uh, issues with uh, thinking about suicide and a few other uh, problems, mainly because of the fact is that I didn't talk to me close mates. Mm. I had some really good mates that were good really good friends and uh, but they didn't know because i wasn't telling them that i wasn't feeling okay mm. and uh anyway and then of course i had a breakdown and as soon as that happened i rang one of my mates and said look i've got to go to a psychiatric hospital in melbourne because i'm not going too well mm. and he was there within about five minutes and drove me to melbourne and uh and uh uh, it was a hell of a shock to him I think as well um, that he didn't know that I was struggling mentally and uh, anyway then after a whole lot of uh, um, treatment and so forth over about three months uh, I came back home but never really improved at all, I was under a psychiatric doctor in Ballarat and anyway I wasn't uh, uh, just couldn't seem to be able to kick the um, kick the problem. And uh, anyway, uh, this uh, this uh, uh, doctor had, you know, he'd spoken to my then my wife at the time and me. And anyway, he realised that my mental illness had really uh, put a a, a real uh, uh, bone of contention in my. Uh, relationship with my wife and anyway he did eventually say to uh, uh, Brenda and I that uh, until your relationship finishes john will never get over his mental illness Mm. and anyway that was the finish of our marriage and anyway then i was left on my own to try and pick up the tab Mm. brenda moved on in life and uh, i think she struggled as well but anyway our uh, uh, we life still goes on and then eventually i got sick of this business of uh, of uh, putting up with mental uh, uh, problems and no sleep and all the other things and then I decided look I've got to start doing some things that I enjoy in life again Mm. and uh, in the meantime I'd been talking to my friends and so forth and and uh, got a lot of help and uh, but Eventually I said that was enough and anyway that was the turning point when I admitted that I was struggling and I needed to turn my life around Mm -hmm. and uh, anyway I did and anyway that's over 30 years ago now of course and uh, so now here I am at 75 living a happy life and uh, and um, uh, you know there's everybody there is a saying isn't there something about regrets but you know you know you know you're sort of living on those regrets you've got to move on and uh, um, and and you Know, take the good, for, uh, the best things out of what you can do because there's always somebody worse off than, than you, you know, Aaron.
0: Yeah, mate. Look, uh, Ian, uh, sorry, Ian, I was going to say, I, I was going to say, Ian Morgan was probably the guy that drove you to Melbourne, was he? But, um, um, John, I'm really grateful that, uh, yeah, you, you're just so open about that. And 30 years ago, mate, I was, um, I was 19. And uh, I was struggling with stuff then. There's no way known I was, I was going to speak about it. Um, you know, if I'd have got to know you back then, then I probably would have been courageous enough to do so. But, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I struggled, uh, you know, throughout those years. And a lot of guys I speak to between the ages of sort of 16 and 25, they go through lots of uncertainty. Sorry, um, I meant to say, John, who was it that drove you to Melbourne? Was it Ian Morgan or...? Sorry, what was that again? When well, you said you had a mate driving to Melbourne, was it Ian Morgan?
1: Yeah, well, Ian. Ian was a bit older than me, and uh, and uh, uh, he was a great sportsman as well. And uh, and he Ian still um, lives in the Rup District, and uh, and he's now uh, uh, well, he's a bit older than me, but he's got grandchildren now playing. Uh, football and netball and so forth and still around and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, ian uh, um he he was a top a really top cricketer i played a lot of cricket with ian and uh, he was a he was a gun i tell you he was far better and then than than certainly i was at cricket um and uh, uh i can remember going to uh uh, Country week cricket carnivals uh, in Melbourne and Be- at Bendigo with him when I was a young bloke. That was way before I'd ever had any any issues with my health or anything. But no, Ian, there's a there's but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good sportsmen in our district over the years. And uh, and uh, un- uh, unfortunately now because of the. A smaller population and uh, less young people in the district. Uh, we don't. The young people today, in my opinion, don't seem to get the same opportunity. Um, the only way they can get an opportunity now is they've got to leave the district and go to. Um, whether they go to boarding schools in ballarat or melbourne or wherever it might be to get these opportunities mm-hmm. completely different to when when i was young anyway and uh, and uh but um uh there's uh, there's certainly a, a, in a, when you go to those um major areas if you If you happen to be noticed by somebody, you can get you get opportunities to go and uh, improve improve your skills in whatever you might do, and and that's a good thing too because um, a lot of the days, well, when I first started as a young bloke, there was no such thing as uh, uh, TV like um, you know instant replays to watch how. um, Uh, How to improve your standard and so forth. It was only the coaches that we had uh, were usually they were good. uh, They were the coaches that I had when I first started playing were good footballers. They all come out of Melbourne, but they'd never been taught how to pass their um, their. their coaching abilities on, but uh, just the same, we did have a lot more opportunities in, our, in my day, I believe, than we have now, uh, uh, and that's because of the lack of people that are in the district. That's the way I see it, but, uh, um, but just the same uh, back to uh, uh, making, uh, you've just got to make those, uh, sometimes you've got to make those hard decisions to do what you want to do, and uh, make every post a winner because there's always uh, uh, something better at the end of the rainbow, as they say, and, uh, and certainly um, in, in my case, um, uh, I've perhaps got a few regrets, but I'm not, I'm not um, uh, um, standing on them, i moved on. You know, um, I believe that, you know, I had, had problems with uh, mental illness and uh, it caused a lot of hassles, but I reckon I've come out the other side and it's not for me to judge, but I reckon I'm a better person now than what I was when not before I had those experiences. So yeah. you learn by experiences, of course.
0: Ian, uh, sorry, I keep, I keep going to call you Ian. I don't know. Ian Morgan was a bit of an idol of mine when I was a young fella. So, so yeah, that's why I've sort of referred to Ian, but I uh, made you right. Tr- tremendous cricketer and footballer, and so are his kids. But John, um, yeah. getting back to you know, before we discuss what we just discussed with 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 Ian, but uh, primarily, um, you know, you were talking quite deeply about what happened to you, and that was thirty years ago when you actually had the courage to come out. So. So what triggered the the issues that you had it was sort of going away then coming back and then sort of having that sort of lonely Lonely time do you think or was there anything behind it? Do you do you believe that actually like caused these episodes?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I think back on it now um, And of course the current issues we've got now uh, is they're talking about concussions mm. and uh, the, certainly, um, when I played footy in Melbourne, I didn't have any trouble with concussion. But I must admit, when I came back, and I came back to country football, and of course, I was the uh, uh, I was the um, um, uh, the guy that was the uh, you know a bit of a gun and somebody uh, and. Uh, uh, people or players Felt if they could score one On me they'd won a point <laughs> And anyway I, I must admit When I put, when I came back from Melbourne And nearly every week I'd get a whack in the eye or mm. a, 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 a Blood nose or A, I think in a sore ear or whatever mm. And I did suffer a little bit from, uh, from concussion And then the last game I did Play in the Wimmera League was in Seventy-four, I think it was, and I got knocked out, and um, and uh, I got, I still continued to play because in those days there was no doctors or medical people that really knew too much about uh, 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 concussions or head knocks or whatever. But anyway, at half time came uh, one of the trainers come out, uh, and he must have thought I was looking a bit glassy in the eyes, and he asked me to look at the scoreboard and tell him the score. Mm. And I couldn't read the scoreboard, mm. so he said, "I think you better go to the hospital." So I went up to the hospital, and I finished up spending four nights in hospital suffering from concussion, and. Uh, and uh, that was my last senior game of footy, and uh, okay. and uh, I didn't know at the time. It took me a long, long time to get over it. I, it was weeks and weeks and weeks before I came good. And uh, uh, you know, I think probably uh, when I look back on it, maybe I was suffering from severe concussions uh, and probably wasn't the first time but it was the most significant one that I got and perhaps when I think about it when you see what's happened the press has been writing about it here in the in the Melbourne papers about concussions and so forth and I wonder whether maybe I am suffering uh, and that may have caused one of the causes that made me um get a bit of a, an issue with um, uh, with my mental illness, but who's to know? Uh, I have thought about uh, putting myself on the register list so that when I do uh, pass away that maybe they can examine my brain to see whether that was the case or not, but it will be no, no value to me, but it may be value to science in, as time goes on. But that's... Uh, uh, that's uh, will be in the future, I guess. But no, the uh, um, I, I do believe that um, uh, the head knocks um, that people get playing sport uh, have a little bit to do with um, mental mental illness. But you you know that these days there is that much everything's supposed to be a lot easier in life nowadays than what they were in the old days but they're not it's uh the the, the mental pressure on everybody now is just extreme it doesn't matter uh you know and i i uh, i've got a lot i i do uh, i've got my own thoughts on why it is but uh people tend to uh put too much pressure on themselves and uh and um, uh, whereas that there was no, in, in days gone by, there was a lot more, everybody was a lot more relaxed and, uh, and time was a lot slower, and, uh, but now everything's that flat out and, uh, and uh, nobody's got time to smell the roses, as they say.
0: Mm, yeah, you're right. Um, it, you know, really important um, You know, uh, topics hit on there, John, I I wouldn't say I've got no doubt, but I'd I'd say that those those blows to the head would eventually have something to do with your mood. Um, you know, primarily there's lots of research in science and science and that around now, you know, coming out. But back then, there would not have even been considered. But you know, realistically, uh, you know, it was one umpire back then. You would have got a whack in the back of the head, no problem, while he wasn't looking, and. All these sorts of things, you wouldn't have known where it was coming from, and um, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, and you know, so so yeah, it's really,
1: really, really, well, the, um, you know, back uh, in the uh, you know back of talking about the old football days. Well, you see, there was only one umpire, mm-hmm. and nobody could keep up with um, the umpire. Was if the ball got moved quick, well, um, the umpire was out of position, and uh, mm-hmm. but now the and uh, the um, uh, players that. Um, uh you know, I always uh, always played in front on the footy field, and uh, and so you were naturally uh, in a position where you were going to get run over the top of, and you couldn't protect yourself if you couldn't see who was coming. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but no, I did. Uh, I'm certainly. I uh, well, i in my in my own mind. I believe that. Uh, uh, the, the um oh, I did might have suffered from concussion uh, mm-hmm. on a number of occasions without having any and never got diagnosed nor uh, had any uh, uh, any um, you know never, uh, n- n- the doctors uh, never went to the doctor to see uh, whether the, what the problem was you just sort of got on with it and uh, fronted mm-hmm. it up the next week and uh, whereas that uh, even 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 when I was playing in Melbourne there was just no, there wasn't the uh, uh, medical support there is now and uh, and uh, um, I'm certain, uh, you know, if it was, if I was in the era of what's happened now, even I've, local footy, I've been to the lo- local footy the last couple of weeks and uh, it's a whole lot different, like there's just not the uh, there's not the um, uh, the um, Nobody, No player seems to get uh, whacked behind the ear like they used to in the old days. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> no, that's, that's, uh, yeah. uh, that's just me talking as an old fella from way back, I guess. But, yeah, no, the, uh, and the mood swings, there's no doubt about that. That's what, that was one of the issues is that with me, like, when I was, when I was before I got ill... Um, you know, I was always a happy sort of a character and always had, uh, uh, never, nothing ever fazed me much. I, I, I was pretty, uh, when I had to make a decision, I could always make it without getting emotional. Mm. And, uh, but uh, then when I started to get uh, uh, stressed, um, I was like, you know, one minute I'd be as high as a kite and the next minute I'm down in the dumps I wouldn't bloody talk to anybody. And I then at one stage I tried to turn myself off from the community and that was the bloody worst thing mm. that I could have done is that, you know, I gave away playing any sort of sport or any being involved in any sort of sport and that wasn't me like i was uh, always uh, played sport right from the, when i was a little kid probably in First couple of years, first year at primary school, always kicking the footy, always mucking around with a tennis ball or a cricket bat or something. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to about forty, I decided, no, I'm gonna, all I'm going to do is work mm-hmm. and never talk to anybody on a farm with on my own, with no and uh, um, and uh, that was made it even worse. Of course, not communicating with anybody and. Um, anyway uh, so uh, and it wasn't until such time as um i eventually uh, i broke down at that time in melbourne in hospital and then come home and tried to get myself up and running and then i was living on my own for about three or four years and i decided that bugger this life has got to be something better than this and that's when i changed and Mm. anyway so now uh, you know like i'm I'm not involved in in football any uh, more, other than a, an old fellow that goes and watched. I still I went to Melbourne to see the uh, Swans play uh, Richmond there on uh, Easter Saturday, and uh, and I got I've got uh, a son in Melbourne and grandchildren. We went to the footy together, and uh, and uh, anyway, the last two weeks well I've gone to see Repina play, and uh, anyway uh, and uh, so, uh, and now I, now I still play, I play bowls and I play croquet of all things Oh really, jeez Yeah, croquet, <laughs> now that's a bloody challenge, isn't it, like to play croquet And I've been there today, believe it or not We've had a we got a challenge game going on at the moment Between uh, all the players around the district And uh, a, bit, a bit of a, so we're meeting different people from different towns and so forth and And that's... The the um, and that's the good thing about these sports and so forth. When you get to my age at seventy five, is where um, you know we're meeting and having a chat and talking about you know anything from politics to sport to uh, you name it. And uh, and that's the great thing about uh, sport. It doesn't matter whether it's football, cricket. Uh, I'm even into NRL at the moment. I follow the Raiders, and anyway, uh, I've uh, I've uh, even I've got a son in Wagga, and anyway, uh, I might try and get up to see Carl in the next uh, a few weeks, and maybe. Uh, Maybe uh, go and see the Raiders play. But anyway, because uh, it's not that far from Wagga to Canberra And uh, That's true. But I think they're playing a game in Wagga sometime in the not-too-distant future, too But yeah, so I'm a pretty keen uh, uh, follower of sport. I love the tennis on TV Do you watch the tennis on TV? Because I do
0: Oh, mate, not since, um, not since Anna Kornikova stopped playing Which was, no. uh, <laughs> you probably don't remember her, but
1: um, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I haven't watched no, it in a while. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, um, I, I never played tennis I played tennis for one year when I was about fourteen because. There was a girl that I was, I was starting to get to the stage of, you know, being interested in in girls, and anyway, there was a girl there that I, I fancied a bit, and so she was playing tennis, so I played tennis for one year, but anyway, I was no bloody good at it, so I went back to playing cricket, but anyway, I've got keen on, in the last probably 20 years, I've got keen on the tennis, and I've got... Um, Uh, Now that I'm retired, I've got uh, pay television and so I can watch most You know all the all the major tournaments, but all all the uh, some of the other minor tournaments that are on around about and Mm -hmm. so if there's nothing on TV Well, I switch over to one of the channels and watch the tennis and uh, so and uh, yeah, so I don't mind that, but I'm it. whatever the sport to be played and the sport to be uh, watched. I'm it, That's but good. when it comes to work, not so good. You, you're still on the farm, though, aren't you, John? Yeah, I still got the farm, but I've got a couple of young blokes uh, who who have been our next door neighbours uh, 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 probably uh, for a long time or there. Yeah, I think their grandfather might have might have come to the district way back a hundred years ago. And anyway, and they um, uh, I've always known known these two young fellows, all their, in their forty, late forties and early fifties now. But uh, uh, they are, uh, they did some work for me when I broke down when I was about sixty and I had a crooked knee and I had to get a knee replaced and. Yeah so I was hobbling a bit and I couldn't really do the work. So I asked them to do some contract work for me, and uh, which they did, and then uh, I got to the stage where I wanted to uh, probably get on with retired life a bit. So I asked them if they were interested in working the farm for me, and they did, and uh, they are. And uh, anyway, uh, but they're better farmers than I'm ever likely to be because they do everything uh, at the right time, whereas I was. if there was a gamer cricket to play or a game of footy to play or watch well i'd go and do that and then when that finished i'd go home and then do the farm work you see and anyway so i've never i've never that switched on when it come to farming i always used to try to do it as good as i could but what they're doing now is just uh, uh they've got all the latest gear and uh and uh, so I'm happy as Larry with them doing it, and I just collect a few quid to keep me going in uh, in my retired life. So, tell me, John, who yeah. are who
0: are the young fellas next door?
1: Yeah, no, I don't know whether you might whether you know them, Tim and Paul, Petering. You know, John Petering yeah, at all? Yeah, 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 Well, John, well, John since passed away, but uh, Tim and Paul, uh, they are they are um, uh, uh, not. Uh, well, Tim was—he uh, was the same age as my second, um, second boy, and uh, they were good mates at school. And uh, anyway, but they're—you know—they're getting on now. They've Tim's got a got a lad home on the farm now. And uh, anyway, but they're very conscientious farmers, and they do a damn good job. And uh, and they—they—they uh, they, they treat the farm like it's their own. Everything's—you know—everything's you know, everything's kept under. They keep the weeds under control and make sure everything's done right. And anyway, uh, and uh, so I get a few bob out of out of it. I'm uh, share farming with them, and they do all the all the work and provide the machinery. And of course, I'm providing the land and and uh, some of the inputs. And uh, and we we get a we get a. Uh, a result from both of us. So they've got a large enterprise. They've got uh, they lease some other land as well as well as what they they the land they own. And uh, mm. so um, yeah, but they're good good operators, and uh, we get on real well together. And and uh, yeah, so but no, I'm happy as Larry with what's happening. But um, fine, yeah, no, the, as far as uh, but I was always. I guess I got it from my father. Like he was the same. He was always keen on, on, um, uh, on uh, doing uh, doing other things other than farming, long as he could make enough money to to uh, uh, to keep things going. But he was interested in he was he was interested in politics big time and. Uh, and so he used to spend a fair bit of time away from the farm. He had a couple of men, when I was a kid, he had a couple of men working for him. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, so, uh, and I've sort of a little bit the same. Uh, uh, I always had a man working for me for all, uh, years and years. And, um, and, and. Uh, uh the fellow that no oh, one fellow that worked for me for a number of years which i went to school with and i still good mates with and anyway he didn't know he, he was working with me and he didn't know that i was suffering from depression or suffering yeah. from stress and uh because yeah. uh, i never talked to him yeah. and i guess if i had if he would have said well look i think we better down and do something about this but anyway that was it didn't happen and then uh, all of a sudden he's left to, when I clear when I went off to them to the psychiatric hospital he was left to carry the carry the bundle for the baby for me on the farm but yeah. anyway and he certainly wasn't uh, he wasn't uh, um, you know he had a lot of trouble do, do, doing doing that because it was a hell of a responsibility to to run a farm for his boss and uh, but anyway, uh, and Brian now is retired in town here, and uh, he nice, uh, uh, often you know, I, I spoke to him on the phone just only a few days ago. I hadn't seen him for a while, and uh, mm. but uh, yeah, so we're all getting on in years, of course now. And uh, but no, the. Uh, um, you know the back back to the depression thing. Well, you know it's if I can say anything is that you need to. Uh, and it's, I don't know how to put this properly, but yeah, it's very good if you can talk to somebody and just tell them how you're feeling. Yeah. And if you're on the other end of the on the other end of the phone, you just say to your to your mate or to somebody, "Oh, Aaron, uh, how you going today? How's life with you?" And, uh, and it's only just an open up a conversation Like uh, Aaron might say Well yeah I'm going alright But oh geez, I wasn't too good a few days ago I was sort of feeling a bit down And then one thing leads to another And I yeah. guess uh, that's how you start the conversation But uh, yeah. um, it's, no, it's no use uh, well, Aaron I think it's no use saying to somebody You know you should go and do this or you shouldn't yeah. do that. Or you, you know, what are you, you know, you're a, you're a big strong bargain Why are you bloody, you know, yeah. you shouldn't be suffering from anything. You've got no no debt, no uh, problems. You've got no health problems. Your your kids are all educated. All this sort of thing. Mm. Uh, that's not the way to get through to somebody that's suffering from depression. I can yes. tell you yes. <laughs> that uh, it's it's just. Uh, it's a very, um, um, uh, a very uh, uh, it's, a, it's a, an ailment that people have got, and it's very hard for anybody to understand unless they happen to have had the issue, and there's so many men that have got the problem these days and it's it starts off by saying hey mate how you going what's been happening and that's so the first tap on the shoulder come over and have a cup of tea or a couple of beers if you like a drink and we'll have a talk about it yeah. and uh, when I do me talks uh, I've been over the years I've done a few talks for Beyond Blue and uh, and a lot of those talks i have just that's how I say is that you know you And I'll pick somebody out in the audience that I know. And it could be Joe Blow down the back street there. And I say, uh, well, Jack, how are you going? What's been happening? Have you been going all right? And I'll walk down off off the podium and say to him, listen, mate. Um, if you want to come around and have a cup of tea or a beer with me, we'll have a chat about it, mm. and that sort of gets the the mood of the meeting, of course. And uh, and I guess the same thing can happen uh, on our on our talk today. It's the same thing, unless you're prepared to say how you're going, mm. um, uh, and uh, uh, and then open the conversation up by uh, let's. Um, uh, how can I say how are you going you, you wouldn't like to uh, come around and just sit down and have a chat to me would you yeah yeah. is that uh, I, that's the way I see it anyway I don't know whether it might work for you but it might work for somebody and uh, I guess there's a million ways of going about it
0: yeah mate I, I have a friend that um, like he rings me and I ring him and he always asks how's your mental health he says to me all the time how's your mental health I find it quite I still find it quite um uh I wouldn't say like uncomfortable but it's just it's, it's yeah. foreign it's foreign you know and he's, he's 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 had ups and downs and issues and he knows that I sort of do what I can to manage myself you know really well but I have peaks and troughs too absolutely like everyone does but um you know he's he's really uh, really beautiful with his openness and honesty about you know how's your mental health and it's something I need uh, to personally get better at because, you know, I'm talking to people all the time and I work in the mental health industry up here. So I am dealing with people that are actually diagnosed with something. So I know, um, you know, what, what's already, already occurring, I guess. But to the average man on the street, to be able to sort of see them and observe them uh, and then have be courageous enough to sort of ask how they are. Now, you know, John, uh, sorry, we have, you know, three or four close friends in our lives and they're the ones that you can probably go to and talk to about this sort of stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of people yeah. out there that don't even have that. They don't even have, you know, one or two close mates. So, you know, for, them, for someone to, them to actually like, you know, lean them a little bit and actually give them support when it's unexpected, I think that's really important and really valuable if you are observing in someone that may be a little bit off centre or something that may be out of character with someone in the workplace or in the sporting club perhaps.
1: That's right. You're right. Like it, just it's just good to be able to, um, you know, just uh, have somebody to say that you've got confidence with you. Now, I will say that in my, in my experience, and I've got in my family, I have not got any any females. I've got four sons, mm. and I was an only child, so there's been no girls really in in my life except the two women that I've. Uh, uh, that I've, one I was married to for 25 years, and now Donna I've been with for 26 years. Mm. And, and uh, uh, so I'm, I can't say that I'm, other than those experienced of uh, having those two women, but uh, it's um, the girls seem to be able to sit down and chat with them, with their friends a whole lot easier than than men do i don't know whether i'm on the right track but that's <laughs> just are. the way yeah. i i see it and uh, yes. and they and i often when i often talk in my talks i talk about the girls that are in their 30s or late 20s and they might be uh, Uh, having uh, they might be pregnant or whatever and sometimes things don't go the way they should go But they always seem to be able to sit down together and have a chat and talk about what really counts Whereas us fellows don't do that as well. I don't believe anyway. We don't do that as well And uh, I think it's getting better. I was gonna say
0: it's getting better. I was gonna say what do you think that is?
1: well I just think that um, those girls are, uh, and I'm using my own, uh, from my own experience, um, uh, that I maybe, uh, it's just, I've got that uh, feeling about my own family, my own uh, uh, family and me, that I never, that I never, you know, I would never open out, open up to anything about what was um, really going on in my inside me, like or in, in in my mind. I didn't. I said, you know, that that mental, that toughness that men, men Australian men, are supposed to have, or it's report, it's you know, the the uh, uh, emphasis is on men being tough. And, uh, you know, it goes back to the old days of the Outback when they just worked, you know, they walked walked through bloody brick walls and bloody, you know, uh, broken glass never stopped them. And, uh, and, uh, but when it comes to the, uh, as far as I was concerned, I would run through a brick wall that wouldn't even hurt. But uh, then all of a sudden I got this mental problem and uh, and anyway, I didn't know how to handle it and that's, so I guess I've got a clouded, a clouded uh, opinion of why I believe girls handle it better than boys or men. But uh, and uh, uh, because I've always been involved in a men, a men's um, uh, issue. Like you know, in the in my day as a young person, uh, farming was, was was a male uh, dominated um, uh, environment. Uh, whether it was in the wool shed or whether it was just the business of running farms was always run by men With different now, of course, there's a lot of uh, girls that are running successful farming businesses and uh, and involved in the successful farming businesses, and also if you like to go into the sh- uh, wool sheds. And now there's a lot of a lot of girls that are working in in, in wool sheds and and involved. Especially and then you get in the grain industry. Mm. Well, how many people do you talk to in the grain industry that are? Uh, whether they're in the marketing field or whatever uh, you go to or the agronomy field and they're girls Yeah, that's right they're females and, and uh, so you know, it's a whole lot different now, but that's just my my gut feeling that that girls handle it a lot better than us fellas and uh, and uh, uh, But um, and I think when you look at the uh, if you look the whole car, the whole uh, the cold hard facts of suicides in the in the in the uh, age groups of uh, you know twenty five to forty, the male yeah. male numbers dominate the, the those statistics, which is yeah. sad, but that's a fact of life, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and also too, Aaron, uh, I reckon that. How many times do you read or you hear on the TV or read in the paper where there's been a car accident and some young fella or some man has got killed in a single car accident? Yeah. Now, I've got this uh, feeling that a lot of those cases that those men may have had a few issues emotionally behind them without anybody knowing about. Now, I'm not saying that's... that's right but that's just in my thoughts and uh Mm -hmm. and uh um i do think about those sort of things mainly because i've had the experience of uh of um thinking about how i was going to uh um uh, uh, commit suicide and take Mm -hmm. my own life and i you know i often thought about those sort of things and uh and uh Thank goodness I never ever got round to doing that, but anyway, I got some help in the finish, and uh, and uh, the cards fell my way, and uh, mm. and uh, they're stacked up pretty good, and uh, you know, on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the uh, uh, the fence, yes. as the going as the saying goes, and uh, yes. you know, we've um, we've come out the other side, and now I can get up. Uh, and you know talk about it and uh, you know talk to people and talk to you know discuss an issue uh, like we are at the moment with yeah, you and uh, put right. it out in the public uh field there and hopefully some somebody gets some benefit from it
0: i'm sure they will john you know like the world's such a better place and the farming communities are such a better place because you're here to tell the story you know um Otherwise, yeah. if that wasn't happening, people would be still closed off, like you were saying. And, uh, you know, yeah. uh, there's there's been lots of people's lives saved by listening to conversations like this because they've thought, well, shit, if he can do it, I can do it. Or I can I can take something out of that that I can sort of, you know, put into my own uh, life that can actually help me gradually change, you know. So yeah. we all get stuck and we all get into those sort of uh, holes where we think it's, uh, it's just us against the world. But... Once you do reach out and start to um, you know, express what's going on, that's when the, the healing starts to happen. So, John, we'll, we'll, we'll finish it up in a tick, but if anyone wants to uh, get you to come and speak, can they get to you through Beyond Blue? or?
1: Well, I, I haven't been doing any work with Beyond Blue of late. I've, because I've got the 75 i decided that uh a couple of years ago i'd been uh doing uh, ambassador work for them and public speaking uh all through country victoria and all over the place with um you know and um, nights and days sponsored by beyond blue but i i wrote them and said them look i know i'll um i'll resign from the fact of being ambassador with them but i I'm still prepared to speak, um, uh, publicly to local groups, you know, like, um, whether it be Probus or, uh, Lions Club, Rotary Club, uh, church groups, uh, or you, you on the, on a podcast or whatever, I'm, I'm more than willing to do that, but, you know, I've, I've got past travelling to do, to public meetings all okay. over the place, so, uh, okay. you know, I've, I've still, um. Uh, I still um, uh, could take notice of what Beyond Blue have done because I was one of the uh, one of the early um, ambassadors. ambassadors with yeah. Beyond Blue. In actual fact, when uh, Jeff Kenneth uh, decided to get the start of, uh, the the organisation up, uh, they contacted me and asked me if because of my um, I was well known in the uh, in the rural field in agriculture and also in sport they asked me if i'd be uh, and uh, take a, a prominent role and i'd done a lot of uh i'd done a fair bit of work in the local press uh, uh and on radio and so forth and then i did a I did a program for, for Landline and uh, the ABC Landline program and uh, anyway so that's how it sort of started and anyway and I'm not sure of a, I can, not worried about talking to people about it and so forth so that's how I got involved in Beyond Blue but what the work that they've been done, done is just phenomenal it yeah. certainly put the mental health issue out into the public eye, and also into men's eyes, and that's the main thing. Yeah. Uh, what it's been, and now of course it's been picked up by the, uh, by um, you know the the uh, um, elite sporting organisations as well, and uh, and also it gets you know it's put out into country areas and uh, and uh, outback areas too. Like you know they they they're always got a prominent. Uh, uh, face out at the field days and yeah. wherever you know all over the place, which is very good yeah. because uh, certainly in country Australia, um, men do need a bit of support with their mental health. And now I just say that within my heart that they really do because uh, yeah. it's a it is a debilitating. Um, I don't want to have mental illness, I'm afraid, and uh, and uh, you can't, uh, you know, you can't wave away from it. It's very difficult. It takes a lot of work to, to um, kick the habit or whatever, and, uh, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so hopefully what we've talked about today, somebody may have... Uh, Picked something, picked up something out of it, and got something from it, and perhaps they can go and talk to their doctor or their GP, uh, talk to a, a you know a health expert that'll put them on the right track, and they can go and get some uh, support and, uh, and maybe uh, turn their life around somewhat. Yeah,
0: appreciate it, mate. That's really really well done. I am I, um, so grateful for you sharing your journey with us, John, and. Um, yeah, I really uh, encourage people to give us some feedback on the conversation because it's a really uh, heartfelt one from you. Uh, we know where you've come from. Like, geez, We would have been having this conversation 30 years ago, so we've, we've definitely come a long way. So I really, really congratulate you for what you've done, what you're doing and what you will continue to do in the future to be able to you know, talk to people like myself and raise awareness and, and just make the world a better place. So I'm really, really grateful. Thank you.
1: No worries, Aaron, and take care.
0: Guys, thanks for listening in to John. It um, really soul of the earth, man. And um, uh, yeah, certainly lots, to, lots to learn from from his journey just around concussion and all the things that may have come from that. Possibly, you know, such a vibrant, vibrant guy, and he sort of went through uh, a really difficult time in his life. And uh, I guess we're all, um, you know, much, much more better off for him being here because it could have went the other way really quickly and you know that's uh that's a moment that uh, i guess a lot of us experience um so yeah if you are um experiencing that sort of difficulty at the moment reach out and and get help uh if you if if you can whether it's talking to someone professionally or to a friend or whatever wherever you feel most comfortable because it's very important to be able to talk about how uh how you are uh under the lid under the bonnet uh and um yeah i just want to uh you know encourage you if you want to reach out to me uh you know certainly I'm more than happy to do what i can to have a chat to you support outbackmind.com.au um yeah and um grateful for you listening in to uh to real life stories like like john's it's so important so appreciate your support guys thanks very much cheers